1: lucky Lefty podcast we are back go shop with us the link is all over the place social media lucky Lefty podcast patreon lucky Lefty network forward slash pay, patreon.com forward slash lucky lefty network man I can't wait to drop this this one piece of content left this weekend. I can't. I Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm oh, amped. Yeah. Cause so, this
2: this this was gonna this was gonna make it its way around the uh the network, the community. Well we're dropping on is gonna go people want to tune into this. That's absolutely. what I'm saying. About. We
1: already have reverse spin with Quincy Avery, who gives a breakdown of every quarterback in the Notre Dame room, their potential. And uh, I'll just leave it at this. He loves Deuce Knight. He talks about meeting Deuce Knight before he broke, before he blew up at a camp. That's right. And he was like, yo, pretty much Notre Dame has one of them ones. He compared them to yeah. Juju. When he put him in the same level as Juju, but just said Juju was a little bit more polished. Yeah. I was like, okay.
2: We got us one.
1: Got us one. Marcus Freeman done recruited, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, look, man, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left, I want to give you this bit of information. Bill Connolly does this every year, and he does a great job every year writing this article and talking about returning production for college football teams and how that can be a predictor for teams that are going to make a tremendous jump especially if you're better looking at over-unders, early over-unders for teams. You can use this to predict who's going to make a big jump and exceed, win, loss prediction. And then it can also be a teller of who's going to be in contention for the playoffs, especially when it was only four teams. Now that it's 12 teams, I'm interested in seeing how these numbers play out. They were very predictive last year because Washington and Michigan both returned over 73% of their production on both sides of the ball coming into this season. And we saw both of those teams pretty much be on the edge of success. Michigan lost to TCU in the college football playoff. And then you have Washington who lost Michael Pennix Jr., for the last month of the season. Otherwise, they were in contention for the Pac-12 championship game prior to his injury. And then they beat Texas when he returned in the bowl game. So we saw Washington, and we kind of saw Michigan coming. And then they returned most of their production, which was a good predict, pretty good predictor that they would be contending teams. An outlier would be Alabama, that was right at about 60%, weren't ranked this high as far as returning production, but they still found a way because of their coaching, because of that fabulous defense, the two pass rushers, and the defensive backfield. So there's always a way and always a path, but most of the time, teams that are able to return. A lot of production, which goes to what you said about Riley Leonard. You would be super bullish on Riley Leonard if he was going to be here for a second year. Because you feel like that second year, he would really take off. And that's one of the things you've been saying.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think we've seen the two-year process uh, be the ones that take place. You talked about Michigan and Washington. A lot of that also was determined, and a big part of it was the returning quarterback. You return a guy that's 20, 25 games and, and what, two losses. Then you got a guy, Michael Penix, who's a top quarterback draft pick, coming back after another year in the system. Mm-hmm. That spells recipe for success. Jaden Daniels coming back for a second year, having huge success. LSU looking a little bit better. So two years have been a huge benefit. Tennessee, Tennessee with Hendon Hooker, those guys coming in. So that that process is something I think has been tested to – I don't think Notre Dame would, would deny it and say that they would probably be better if they kept this roster uh, 70% intact the, the following year. Well, are you ready to hear the top
1: Yep. Top five teams returning production. Number one, Virginia Tech returns 88% of their production. I love the, you know, the drones kid, that young quarterback, love that kid. Kyron Jones, yeah, Kyron Jones. I love, that kid. love that kid. They return 95% on offense, 77% on defense. Iowa State returns 85%, 90% on offense, 80% on defense. And their defense was really good this year. They couldn't score worth a darn this year. So maybe the offense takes a step with returners. But their defense was really solid, really solid. Nebraska, with Matt Rule, returned 77% of their production. Nebraska was in a lot of games. Heck, they gave away the Colorado game. They gave away the Minnesota game to start the year. Then they got better towards the end of the year. And they just didn't have a quarterback. Does Rayola start as a true freshman? Is he able to make them two to three games better? We'll see. But they have a lot coming back. Mike Gundy is coming off of one of the best coaching jobs he's ever done while at Oklahoma State. Getting that team to the Big 12 championship when the preseason they were, they were ranked, I want to say seven in the conference and they make it to the Big 12 championship game against Texas, they got blown out. That was an incredible coaching job. He returned 77% of his production. They lost that big time running back, but. Quarterback, offensive line, they should be okay. They always are able to produce wide receivers in that program as well. Someone that the Fighting Irish received comes in at number five. And I told you, I love their young quarterback, their freshman quarterback, who can make, all he does is make plays. He'll turn it over, but the kid is super athletic with a really good arm. The Virginia Cavaliers, they return 76%. Of their production. Now, this is the stickler. And this is where you really have to look at the splits, Lev. 85% of the production is on offense, only 68% on defense. So the defense could still be a little shaky. But that offense, with that young quarterback going through its ups and downs, Virginia's another team that gave games away. They gave games away. They got spanked against Virginia Tech in the last game of the season. Drones and Virginia Tech really did a number on them. But to go to North Carolina and beat Drake May, they beat James Madison, which was a really good team last year. And then they had like three or four losses. Uh, I think Georgia Tech, they lost by three. They lost a couple of other games by a field goal or less. Virginia's going to be a competitive team. So you could look at Virginia on the schedule for Notre Dame and say, oh, Notre Dame's better. Absolutely better. Talent, roster, depth. Yes, they're better. Quarterback position, better. Every position pretty much better. But Virginia's going to be a much improved team, and that game might be a little bit more competitive than some people might think. But we'll see. The Virginia Cavaliers are at number five. Rounding out the top ten, Northwestern at 76%. Kennesaw State at 76%. Rutgers, a surprise team in the Big Ten this year, 74%. My, your boy, Frank Martin, and Miami of Ohio, somebody else that's coming to South, being a the face-to-fighting the Irish, they come in at number nine, returning 74% of their production, 79% of their production is on offense, 70% of that production is on defense. And then at yeah, number I- 10... The Syracuse Orange at 74%, they have a new head coach. Lots of transfers. The returning production that's on the roster at 81%, and then 67%. 67% on defense, so we'll see what they can do defensively, but they have a defensive-minded head coach. Anybody stand out from that top 10 left before we get to Notre Dame and where they sit on this list?
2: Uh Stand out, not, not so much. I mean, Rutgers, obviously, I feel like they would have more return just because guys there, you're, you're going there for a reason because you can't really go to many other places. Yeah. So that's, that's like the, you shake to the bottom of the, of the conference, you get to a place like Rutgers, you're only trying to have a career, you know, you're trying to play. So that's a good place, I think, that, can usually get a good return. I feel like Northwestern stands out. They can Great build coaching on the success job. that they Great had yeah. job last year.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: But they yeah. gotta face expectations that teams are not gonna take them as lightly. Yeah. You know, which is yeah. you know, affects affects psychologically their team. Um. But other than that, I mean, these are teams that are only deep in experience, not in talent. Yeah. So that's why I don't think it's a, too much of a threat to us. I think Miami has a great coaching staff, talk about it all the time. But I do think that we'll just outlast them because I think that their quarterback will make too many mistakes against a defense, against a team in Notre Dame that I think that we just a team that you have to beat and have a great game against. It's not yeah. like we're just going to you just surprise us and you just whoop us and we, we didn't even expect it. It's more like, yeah, we may make mistakes, but y'all going to have to play great the whole time too, which is yeah. I don't think they're consistent enough with Avion Smith as they were with the guy they had before. But we'll see.
1: Lucky Lucky Podcast. You talk about things changing. It's not just about Jim Harbaugh leaving. Michigan is 128th on this list, bro. Their their in production is. <laughs> well, that's what happens year. when
2: you. Look, that's what happens when you're a good team. You know everybody. But this was or the or.
1: this was their all in year, right? After after losing in the college football playoff, the two consecutive, the two previous years. This was their we're all in here, like this. Yeah, it's all or nothing. Coach Harbaugh like the is leaving.
2: Yeah, yeah. So they'll, they'll be decent, but they're not going to be at the height of which they work. Is the coaching change,
0: yeah.
2: they're losing a lot of foundational pieces that know the blueprint to beat Ohio State, you know, these guys are a little wet behind the ears and, and unexperienced in that game, so, you know, it's, it doesn't weigh as much as the previous years have, Yeah. because that Michigan team, that class has been whooping up on Ohio State the whole time, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's not going to feel the same as it has the height of the last couple of games. It'll just mm-hmm. still be a big game, but all new faces, so it kind of refreshes that sense. Now, Ryan Day still needs to win, and it'll okay. be even under more fire losing to a, a coach that's, you know, really having his own program. So, he's got everything to lose still, but it's not going to be at the height of, if Ohio State wins, it's not going to be no huge, oh, my God, they... Did something like beating Georgia, you
1: know? Right. Washington is one hundred and thirtieth, returning thirty six percent of their production. So it's going to be a couple of take steps back. And I think I did. I man, I was thinking about the basketball coach, not Frank Martin, Chuck Martin, former Notre Dame coach, coach of Miami, Ohio. Is T Stock there too? That's where T Stock is too, right?
2: the uh, T Stock's at Ball State. T Stock's at, at Ball State. State coordinator, man. Yeah. I really like T-Stock. I hope he gets hit. a huge a job move. one day, man. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I think TJ – I mean, T-Stock, man, really good dude. And he, and he plays great. You know, he has a good, has a good uh, system he runs. So, would you like to know
1: where Notre Dame sits before we get to their opponents, the rest of their opponents? Love? We're probably top 50. So, your prediction is Notre Dame's top 50?
2: We're between – 35 and 50. 35 and 50. That's your final guess. Okay, I'll make it more narrow. No, I mean, that's cool. That's the range. Yeah, the yeah, that's fine. Season. I don't think we're in the hundreds, but if we are, I mean, damn, I don't think we had that much. Notre Dame is
1: 74th on this list, returning 60% of their production from last year. Okay. 61% on offense and 60% on defense. Now, see, here's the nuance to this. They're gaining production that wasn't here last year, so you can't count it as returning production because they weren't on the Notre Dame roster. So getting Riley Leonard, getting the production of Chris Mitchell, getting the production of Paul <laughs> Collins is not included in that. So you look at that with a nuanced look saying, okay, with the young roster and the inexperience to be at 60 is actually kind of decent. You add in the production we're getting via the, via the transfer transfer portal, and you count on the youngsters being as good as we think they are, stepping up on the defensive side of the ball with most of the production being on the defensive line and at the defensive backfield that returns, the gap is the linebackers and maybe the pass rushers on the outside so you have to take a wait and see approach but even being at 74 from the licks with 60 percent of the production return from last year you feel good with the talent that comes in via the portal and the talent you feel good about you know even though it's inexperienced coming forth on the roster all right uh let's get to the opponents now this might surprise you guys uh, did you did you want to respond to that, Love? About loaded? yeah, I was just
2: saying, Yeah, I was just gonna say like, yeah, we we have the we may be 74, but we feel like we're in the top 25 because of who we got to replace that, like you said. We feel like we got better, mm-hmm. even though they weren't here. So it's more of a intuition feel about it. But I think if we look at the end of the season. I think you'll see that will rise in the ranks of what it meant to have those guys come in.
1: So Notre Dame, this is interesting because I think the top 10, when we get through with this level, we'll talk about how these numbers might show you just how wide open college football might be next year. It might Ohio State might be in consideration based upon what they added in the portal as one of those teams that can be a dominant team. But other than that, and maybe Georgia, but other than that, it, especially with the playoff expansion, it's really wide open. Texas A&M is 18th on the list. They returned 72% of their production from last year, but the majority of that is on the offensive side level. That's the majority. majority. They, they were able to keep the majority of their offensive production with a defensive coach coming in, Colin Klein, what does he do with that return to production as a new OC down at, you know, uh, Texas A&M? We'll have to wait and see. But they only return 66% of their production defensively. That's going to be the problem, especially in the trenches on that defensive line. That's where I see the problem coming into play, and it's probably going to take Mike Elko a year or two of recruiting to kind of replenish everything they lost on the defensive side of the ball.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to take a year, which is it's natural. It's not like anything outside of that, him having some Houston Texans run. It's just a rarity. And it's, it's even more rare playing against a team like Notre Dame, who we feel as if is at a point where we should be running through this schedule because of where we are as a program through the three years of building. You can't tell me a one year or a couple months is outweighing the three years of something we've been building. That's how I look at the first game, only because you telling me Mike Elko can run up in there, replace a bunch of key pieces to win a football game, and beat us, even if we're at their place. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all the experience and wealth and, and stacking we've done defensively, you're telling me they're gonna outscore I mean, come on, that's just some things are just more improbable than anything. But yeah. I do think that, uh, because of that, we have foundation over 80 90 percent of the schedule. <coughs> This is not year one Marcus Freeman. Year one Marcus Freeman with this schedule, I'd be like, okay, this this is good competition. Year three with this schedule, with everybody else taking some time off or rebuilding and transitioning, this, that, and the third, there's no way Marcus Freeman, it would look embarrassing Marcus Mm. Freeman going in there, losing to some of these teams, rebuilding and even with the good transfers.
0: Come seek the Royal
2: Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
1: So let's go through the rest of the schedule and give out their returning production, and then we can get your final thoughts on the left. The Louisville Cardinals returned only 66% of their production. They did go in the portal and pull in some more guys the same way they did last year. But I think their last, their 2023 portal class was much better than this year especially at the quarterback position. So they got the slow kid from Texas Tech. Not really impressed. They ranked 44th. Georgia Tech, 48th on the list. They only return 66%. They don't return a lot defensively. They're in the 70th percentile offensively. So that's how they got there. The NIU Huskies only returned 57th, 50, only returning 63%. Of their production, Virginia, like we said, they're fifth on the list. They return seventy-six percent. The majority of that is on offense. Purdue, ninety-sixth on the list. Ninety-sixth on the list, right? Yeah, they got Hudson Card. They have some receivers. They're at fifty-one percent returning. Fifty-one percent. Sixty percent of that is on offense. They're right at 53% defensive. They don't return a lot defensively. Notre Dame should be able to eat them up on the road. Florida State, 83rd at 58% returning production. Some big time players did come there in the portal. That doesn't play into that, but they don't return a lot from what they had on the roster. Miami. Of Ohio is at ninth at 74%. USC, 99th left. 99th Either side of the ball, they're not returning a lot from a production standpoint. They did add some people offensively, but on the defensive side, they're going to struggle. They improved the coaching on the defensive side, but returning production it's a struggle as they sit at 53% returning defensively. The Stanford Cardinal are 37th on the list, returning 67% of their production. The majority of that is on the offensive side of the ball. They struggle to get the production returning on the defensive side of the ball. They have an offensive-minded coach. So that's probably going to be the trend for them until they can get some more recruiting classes underneath their belt. Does anything change your mind on how Notre Dame should dominate this schedule based upon what I said? Is there any game that jumps out to you? And say, okay, that might be a little bit tough.
2: Uh, I've, I've low key acknowledged that Stanford has some returning uh, pieces, and they and they done some decent things last year. But the way we beat them, I just think they don't have the the style to compete with what we were doing. So I do think the them having returners is going to maybe lessen the gap that we beat them by, but we'll still beat him. Other than that, this is the opportunity for Marcus Freeman to show off his program. Hmm. You know, Okay, I know these guys aren't expected to beat us, but I'm going to show you why they're not going to beat us either. Have impressive wins in a third-year tenure to not look like the coach we hired because everybody felt good about you. Oh, we hired him because he put together a program. I think if any year, this is the easier of the two years he's had previously. He's got things in everybody's mind generally pretty much solidified on what we're going to look like. Now it's about how do you manage it getting into the season and then just doing what we feel like we're capable of from a paper standpoint put the paper to the field.
1: I think I will look at this left and say I think the Virginia game might be a little bit tougher than some people might think. I predicted that the revenge game, I I think Notre Dame is going to handle Louisville at home. I just really do. I look at the Georgia, initially I thought Georgia Tech, who I thought steadily improved as a program last year, being down there in Atlanta for that game, even though it's a home game, I thought to myself, Uh, maybe they give Notre Dame a run for a little bit but you know when I see that the defense is not returning a lot you know it's really going to be heavily dependent on what they got in the portal and their development Florida State we have to wait and see that's something I need to see Florida State like during the first month or two oh during the first month to really have a good read on the transfers and DJ at quarterback and how they're going to turn out. And then I never believed in USC. I I knew they didn't have much coming back. So in the Texas A&M thing, you know, Colin Klein, his offense, their quarterback isn't really all that. They returned a lot, but they, they lost some dogs. They got Muhammad. They got a little moose down there, wide receiver, some other guys, but they lose Evan Stewart. Who's the number one guy. So, yeah, they'll have some talented guys, but I don't know what the offense is going to look like. And the defense is going to be the strength of Notre Dame. And defensively, they're going to struggle with what they return in the trenches. I think Notre Dame is able to take advantage of them in the run game down in College Station. So I still think it'll be a tough game because it's the first game on the road, but it is what it is. Should be interesting. So, Georgia's ranked number one in the early rankings. Georgia returns 66% of their production. Ohio State returns 61% of their production and their 70th. Oregon returns 69% of their production and their 28th. Texas returns 70% Seventy percent of their production in their twenty-fifth. I gave you those four teams because those are the top four ranked teams in most early polls. Michigan was ranked sixth. I don't know if that's going to hold. I just don't. I just don't know with all of the coaches coaches leaving.
2: That's a that's an early season run on the field. Yeah, you know, the team gonna run on the field versus them in early September. I think they. You just lost too much. The weight of Harbaugh is just going to at least take some years to recover respectfully. Yeah, you know I don't I don't expect him to just bounce back ten games after losing a coach like Harbaugh after ten years. Yeah, hell, we lost Brian Kelly and thought we were better and had an eight and four season. So, yeah, I do think that that's not going to last long. But at the same time, Notre Dame should put themselves in a position where we know where we're headed. A lot of these programs don't know where they're headed. They just know that they're trying to win now. And I think this is a good position for us to be in. And these teams, I think the, where this these numbers of people coming back play into effect, I think it relates more towards uh, how it would reflect in the playoffs as they get there. Because now that – Returning production matters. Yeah. Because now you're in an open system where you got to be more uh, inwardly built. You got to be more mentally tough. And I think a returning unit adds a lot more benefit in the playoffs than it does in the standard operating of a regular season. So Um. let's pay attention to these same teams that have high retention. Or high people, or a lot of people coming back, as it relates to the playoffs.
1: Missouri, who was ranked eighth in the preseason poll, they come in at sixty-eight uh, percent. The seventh-ranked team was Ole Miss, I believe, and they came in at sixty-one percent. As far as returning production, not too so. They're right there with Notre Dame, and then it's Arizona Wildcats. Uh, let me double check. I thought I had where they were. I think they're in the 60s as well, if I'm not mistaken. The big thing is that they got their quarterback and their number one wide receiver back. That's the biggest thing for them. They lost Jeff Fish to Washington, but they were able to keep their quarterback and keep their number one wide receiver. So that bodes well for them to have that combination coming back. And then Notre Dame is 10th in the ESPN early rankings. And, of course as we said before there is 61 percent on this list or 60 percent 74th right what this tell what these numbers tell me left is that the best teams are from the 60 percent 60 percentile and then they top out at 70 percent right Te- Texas and Ohio State top the top 10 teams. In the early polls, at 70 percent, and Notre Dame is last on that list at 60 percent. So, right. that's a 10 percent difference between the top teams in the early polls. What does that say? You have to play in Ohio State went heavy all in in the transfer portal. You have to play that in Notre Dame's production. They got in the transfer portal. Uh, Texas really didn't go to the portal. They got made a couple of moves. Oregon made got some really big moves in the portal. They got Evan Stewart from Texas A and M, so that's huge for them. And then Georgia is Georgia. It Georgia's Georgia. They're going to be talented. You know,
2: it'll be it a big dog right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Or the lead horse, or whatever you call it. Yeah, the only team in the top ten poll that doesn't fit in that 60 to 70 percentile for returning production is Michigan. Who's That's attorney, why I, number six percentile. won't
2: be there long, you know.
1: Right, right. So that within itself tells the story that, you know, this might be one of the most exciting seasons with parity in college football blended with the expanded playoff going to 12 teams. It really might be a perfect storm for uh, college football the most fans. Random,
2: the most random teams could be in that twelve teams now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and now we'll get we get to see how much coaching really matters. Absolutely. Because now you know who cares about the regular season? Can these Dan Landings and Crystal Balls and Marcus Freemans and all these guys get start Sarkeesian's? Now you in the playoffs, how can you coach your way to a championship? Not just max out on talent and beat the little conference teams that you whoop on every year. Mm-hmm. Now can you coach in these games? Is Dan Lanning really a good coach or he just a good recruiter? Is the Ball a great transfer recruiter or he just good, you know, I think these questions will be answered which will help underrated coaches. Yeah.
1: Get some yeah. respect. Yeah, like the rest oh, of the top yeah. twenty. Uh the Washington Huskies came in at eleven. I don't do. It. They're not they're hundred and thirty. I don't think they're gonna be a team that sticks around the top ten, in my opinion, with what they lost. Penn State is at that Penn State is a team at twelve that I think Penn State's gonna have a chance, but Eric because they're at seventy percent retention. They returned a lot offensively, but Dude, that's that's that their offense is all about Drew Aller taking a step forward. If Drew Aller is the same quarterback, really doesn't matter what they return offensively. We know the great running back combo they have. They always produce wide receivers at Penn State. But if Drew Aller doesn't take that step forward, same thing with Clemson. If Kate Klubnik doesn't take that step forward, who matters? They lost a lot defensively. Left, they're in the sixty percent tile defensively. You know, but they usually have great linebackers in weight at Penn State. So, you know, and then we're, neither one of us is impressed with James Frank. Right. So,
2: well, this say? is
1: one of the few years where it's open. It's okay. Open Don't forget Penn the additions State. and their tougher schedule with the new four teams Oregon, Washington, USC coming into the Big Ten. It's not the usual schedule where they just have two games against Ohio State and Michigan. The schedule is a yeah, little Penn bit tougher
2: State, this year. Penn State will surprise a lot of people this year because I do think James Franklin is a good coach. And in a in a in a world where there's no generational quarterback that's going to de- determine the game, there's you know you're gonna have to win on good coaching. I think Penn State will be more impressive because the, the, the circumstances change. We give you so much flack and look so harshly upon you because of two games in the regular season. Now you get a chance to revive your perception as a coach in the playoffs where it's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Those two games, you know, they matter only if you can't get in the playoffs. But now it's like, okay, you can be 8-2 and two or whatever or, and you in now can you beat this LSU team and Brian Kelly in the first round and can you bounce back in the conference and play a, you know Oregon and beat you know so I think James Franklin having solid years of putting out NFL players is going to show up in a, in a in a opportunity like this for him to where he can be you know, the same level as a Dan Dan Lanning and a Crystal Ball because they're going to be judged on their coaching ability, not necessarily their recruiting ability. I think a lot of the famous coaches now are famous because of recruiting and the recruiting that pumps out these super exciting players to watch. Now it's going to be coming. And Dan Lanning, you lost twice to Washington. Now right. let's talk about that. Three let's times about in, about in the that, last yeah. two years. Three times in the last two years. Now there's gonna be teams like Washington in the playoffs. So you going ten and zero in the in the Pac-12? Okay, that's cute. Now the Big Ten. Now you in the Big Ten. We gotta have to evaluate your coaching ability. Yeah. Yeah. So facts. LSU. You brought up LSU. They were 14th
1: in the too early poll and. I think they're at 60% retention. Let me double check that. I had it pulled up. Yes, they are 60th on the list at 63%. Of course, they only return 55% offensively, which ranks 94. Defensively, they return 74% left. So the defense to take a step up, they always recruit talent down there in the South. So defensively, I think they make a switch from being a stronger defensive team and they might struggle offensively a little bit early on being ranked 14th. The team for me that's going to surprise is Utah. They don't come to the Big Ten. I think they go to a lesser or elite. Eh. Yeah, I think they're taking a step down in competitiveness, especially the way the Pac-12 was last year they ranked 13th. They return a lot. They're 18th on the list at right around 72%. So I think Utah could be that surprise team. Like if you're looking early to jump on, you know, over under, Utah could be that type of team along with a Virginia Tech to jump on early to say, okay, they're going to exceed expectations next year and take a nice little jump. But you're right. You're What you said about Dan Lanning, is spot on left he has a lot to prove from a coaching standpoint especially in-game coaching i agree with that lucky lefty podcast great show today notre dame once again to recap they ranked 74th on the list they only returned 60 percent of their production from last year that's very nuanced as it is with other teams on this list because they did go out and get a ton of production via the transfer portal Riley Leonard, Chris Mitchell brings a lot of production. Bo Collins brings production at the wide receiver position. They lose all estimate, but they have a loaded running back room, loaded running back room that should give them a ton of production. They only return 61% defensively, but most of that is going to be at the linebacker position. Those linebackers did put up numbers and they produced for the defense. They lose DJ Brown. They lose Cam Hart. Cam Hart was production for them as well, but when you're replacing Cam Hart with the mixture of Jaden Mix, Mickey and Christian Gray, you feel good about that. Benjamin Morrison is who he is. Riley Mills, Howard Cross in the middle, that production is still there. What are you going to get from these young pass rushers? That's going to be extremely important. Tyson
2: Ford, you gotta, you gotta make some shake, Tyson Ford. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, you're going to have to make things happen. On the outside, they did get RJ Oben. They get his production from Duke. So we'll see. You know, it is a predictor at times on the success of the upcoming season, but Notre Dame's is nuanced. 74th on the list, 60% returning production, but they were able to go get a lot of production via the transfer portal. We'll see how it blends in with what they'll have left over from last year. Talented but inexperienced we'll see lucky lefty podcast what I think it says left is that next year when we look at this list going into 2025 I think Notre Dame is probably going to be up there at about 73 to 74 yep. percent returning production I really do I think the only thing they probably lose is maybe some receiver production you lose Riley Leonard, but heck, if Steve Langelli's there, you feel good about that. You still feel good about Kenny Minchie and CJ Carr. And then the youngsters on defense, they continue to come. So Notre Dame's percentages, even going to the 25 season, should be greater. And more than likely, they'll be higher on that list. Great show, Left. Once again, patreon.com forward slash lucky, lucky Network. Don't forget our merch shop. The link, we'll put it in the chat. The hoodies, the crew necks, the trucker hat. Man, even if you're a coffee drinker, like most of you are, go ahead and get that lucky lefty coffee mug. Support Start your with. morning
2: the right way, man. Start That's your morning right, right That's way. right.
1: I'm not a coffee drinker, Lev, so my wife made me a, um, I forget what it is. It is matcha tea with uh, creamer. Dairy creamer and some milk. I forget the name of it. She made me a drink. I was like, "Yo, I can do this. It's
2: not tough." Well, let me tell you what to get it. That same ingredient. Let me let me help you out. Go to Starbucks. No, I'm not getting get money.
1: A- I don't. I'm not doing Starbucks, bro. I'm
2: just trying. I want to. I want you to get a coffee experience, though. No, that's not happening. I'm left. I'm not drinking
1: coffee. I'm telling you, I'm locked in. I'm never drinking coffee, bro. Never. It's not. What happening. about hot chocolate? I drink hot chocolate. from I, I get hot chocolate from uh, Starbucks
2: all the time. See, but if I <sighs> do this coffee recipe, it tastes just like the same thing. Dude, have you tried the white hot chocolate? Yeah. Which
1: would you, which you prefer? You prefer the regular hot chocolate at Starbucks?
2: I see the thing is I do the haze then. Okay. I do, I do the, the frappuccino half white, half dark. Okay so it's the, it's essentially the same it's just a little coffee in it that's all that's okay. what i'm saying you gotta let me gotta let me put you on man it, it tastes just like hot chocolate tea No, nah. but it's just coffee nah
1: i don't care the coffee smell any coffee smell any coffee taste any little bit of it it's just gonna mess it up hey it's gonna mess it up for me, man. It's just it, I'm that type of dude, man. Like once I don't What if you can't smell it? What taste? if it smells sweet? The, the, the ta- then the taste is gonna have to be sweet.
2: How about you can't you can't smell it. It just it smells good. It smells like a vanilla type of thing.
1: Yeah, but you only passing half the test with me.
2: And then the taste gotta come in, right?
1: The taste has to be super sweet. I can't taste any of that coffee at all. Okay okay because it just throws me off it just throws my taste buds off but you can still get that mug if you're a tea drinker and if you're a hot
2: chocolate drinker that's you right get it's that. good you for multiple occasions first time well, like and, it's, our merch is just like notre dame's roster it's got to do more than one thing there you have it and it's like the recruits you have to play both sides of the ball right you
1: have to be able to do that's everything right. Lucky up podcast all right love great show man everybody great content coming up stay locked in to the patreon forward slash lucky lefty network everybody have a great day i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast